Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Welcome back, everybody, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please be sure to jo- uh, follow Joe and I on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us at Frontline TV or the Frontline with Joe and Joe. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Help us out so we can get the message out there far and wide. And today we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Albino Aragno, the Italian-born leader of Comunità Cinocolo in the United States. And I want to give you some background. We're going to talk about Albino in his story, but uh, Chinocolo community or Comunità Chinocolo is something that we all need to know about. They're doing they're doing great work and just some background on that. And Mother Elvira, who is the founder, Rita Agnese Pretazzi, known as Mother Elvira and identified by many as the nun of the drug addicts, was born in Soda Lazio in, on January 21st, 1937. She loves to call herself daughter of poor people. And during World War II, she immigrated to Alessandria with her poor family where they lived the hardships and the misery of the time after World War II, becoming a servant of everyone at home. At the age of 19, she entered the convent in Borgato Torinese of the Sisters of Charity, where she went from Rita Agnese to Mother Elvira. Around the mid-70s, the internal fire ignited in her to devote herself to the young people she saw who were lost and wandering and searching. And Comunita Chinocolo was founded on July 16, 1983, after a long period of waiting with trust and patience. The community is not only social work and welfare work, but above all, it is a family founded on faith. It's a place where those who are wounded can meet a love that welcomes them freely, helps heal their wounds, sustains them, and guides them in the way of truth. It's a demanding love that educates them about the beauty of true life, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Albino Aragno, welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. We'll say a prayer, Albino. We always say a prayer to start out. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, amen. O most gracious Virgin Mary, never, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided, inspired by this confidence. We find to you a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us, amen. St. Jude, pray for us. Amen. Albino, Joe gave a really good body on Mother Elvira, as well as the community. What's the primary function of Chinacolo? I think that's a good place to start. Yes. Well, the primary function of Chinacolo is really to try to help the young people that are struggling in life. I would say struggling with drugs, with alcohol, but also struggling with loneliness, 
sadness, unhappy, uh, no direction in life, you know? So really to try to give them an opportunity to change your life, to change your life. And the primary part of that is also changing your life. It's not like it's going to happen overnight. It's not like it's going to happen with a nice pill that you're going to take another medication, another uh, solution. Or, but, you know, the, the primary goal of Comitat Cenacolo is also embracing a new life with God. The conversion, changing, transformation. And also we know that with God, everything is possible. So that, that is really the primary goal of Comunità Cenacolo is really embracing a new life, you know, through hard work, uh, you know, discipline, uh, really determination, perseverance, you know, and finding God in our life. And then we can really transform and change everything that we have to change. Sounds like a family to me. That's what family does. And you guys create a family for these people who come to you. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I will say that. And also the good part of that is also not only for the young people that are coming in community and they struggle, but also the Comunità Cenacolo is working also with the families. Like you said, you know, the family is the most important part. We need to keep the family together. And also the family, in many cases, probably has to change too. Because sometimes the sons or the daughters, you know, they come, they struggle, and there are reasons why they, they begin all of it, you know? Some, you know, everybody's got his own wounds. And so, you know, in that, the good part of Comunità Cenacolo, there is a journey for the people that are coming in community, but also for the family. Conversion, changing, transformation, prayer. Amen. Uh, but you know, how many houses around the world uh, does your, is your community? I know you're located in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, we are located in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's okay. It's different. It's a nice little town. The town where also the first mass was celebrated in, in St. Augustine. So it's a really an historical place that we end up coming here, not because we choose it, but they choose us, they, they pick us and they brought us in San Agustin, you know? <laughs> so it's got a great meaning, you know? And uh, so I'm very proud of that. Jacksonville, we don't like it too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we need, yeah, we need to emphasize that to people. Uh, St. Augustine, Florida, that is where the first Catholic mass was celebrated yeah. in North America. Yeah, exactly. That's an historical fact. It's an historical fact. It is also the oldest city. Even as other cities in America, they claim that. But St. Augustine, I am very proud. I am a citizen of St. Augustine. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. But anyway, so where, where are the other houses? The other houses we have in America, we have three houses in St. Augustine on the same county, uh, north of town, south of town, and one close west. And then, and then we have a, a house in Alabama, in Hensfield, Alabama, close to the shrine of Mother Angelica. So those are the locations in America that we have. Okay. Around the world, we have 70 houses, started in Italy, and then we have houses in, in France, in Austria, in Spain, Portugal. Uh, we have houses in Medjugorje, in Bosnia, in Croatia, Poland. All the way, we cover the whole England, Ireland, we cover the whole Europe, and then in this side of the ocean, we have in America, in Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Peru, Costa Rica, and also we open a house in Africa, a mission in Africa, Liberia. That was the latest. And we also opened, four years ago, a house in the Philippines. So, Albino, much, yes. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
pretty much we try to cover the whole world, but not because we want to conquer the whole world. People invite us. And some, in some poor countries, we have houses for the missions for young people. We are helping children. Also, our guys, through the journey, they, make, they say yes. They want to go to serve, and they become missionary. Think about the transformation. Coming because you struggle with your own problems, drugs, alcohol, the transformation in community, and then give your life to serve, helping other people. So it's like a beautiful opportunity for these young people, you know, to really do even more. And also, what a beautiful serving the others is not only what you do, but is even more what you receive. Because mm. no more you give, is more you receive. It's a wonderful opportunity to become the dads or the moms one day, you know, for them. For and also now they are pretty much doing that for the young kids. Is the are, are is the primary are those primary or the people that are, are that you primarily serve? I should say. Yes. Are, are they people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol? There's a reason why I asked that. But is that are those are prim- the primary problems that you see that people yes. are facing that come to Chinocolo? Yes, pretty much the primary and also the primary part of Kumita Chinakolo was open for that. Right. Helping the people, Mother Revere in the early days, so there was not much going on for people that were struggling with drugs and alcohol. There was no like programs or community. There were few, but so she felt the call to really help the others. And that's how it started. That's our, that's our primary goal is like helping people that are struggling. I, I wish that, uh, or I hope and pray that a lot of young people listen to this broadcast and try to find out more about Chinacolo. So we may, we might get to the point in this country where we, where we understand, especially if we know some of the stories of some of the people that you're serving. Okay. This, this, this free drug culture that we live in. Okay. Where states are legalizing marijuana. It's probably going to get worse than that. It's like to show people, do you really want, it doesn't matter whether it's legal or not. We need to ask, especially young people, do you really want this? Because look at what these drugs, look at what alcohol, look at what it does to people. Maybe it'll wake them up a little bit because, you know, obviously this is something that people don't have to fall into to begin with. And you're in an uphill battle is my larger point because you're dealing with a culture that's actually promoting the type of behavior that you're there to help people transform from and get out of. You know, it's really important for young people to understand what, what particularly your community is doing. Right. And also we realized that also in some cases, uh, the problems start even younger because uh, is, we are living in a culture that is over medicated for every everything that you do. There is a solution with another pill. And they started when they're younger. Some of the young people, they come in community. They said we start taking medication when we were like in school, in elementary school, in middle school, because we were hyperactive or whatever. You know, they started with Ridling, with Abrol, you know, and they started with certain kind of medication and then open to deal with the situation, you know, instead we try to fix it immediately and it doesn't fix the problem, you know, it create more problem. So we see also legalizing you know, in many cases, I can tell you many of our young people, and I use drugs for many years, also myself. I have been clean for 30 years. That's God bless you. Uh, I just celebrated 30 years of sobriety, in a way, since the day I entered the community. But many people say the beginning was like a starting with marijuana, and then they 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 continue with other stuff, and they arrive to using heroin or fent- now fentanyl, and people die. Die like flies. 
they're dying like crazy everywhere, you know? So it's yeah. really, I mean. You know, I'm glad you mentioned your own journey uh, because it's a testament. People would never know that by the way you're speaking, that you one time were, uh, I believe you had a heroin addiction. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And here you are talking like uh, you're uh, a saint in plain English. I don't know. <laughs> I, know I, I know that. I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah, I have a long way to go. So do I. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's an, it's an amazing story. It reminds me, I had a first cousin who was a heroin addict. He robbed a warehouse in Newark. He was a fireman. His, he had a nice Italian name like you. His name was Aurelio Catalano. Uh, to get more Italian. Yeah. Well, that. anyway, Aurelio was a good man. He had a heroin. Aurelio. Aurelio. Yes. And then what happened with him, uh, he, a judge said you either would go into a program or go to jail. Well, he went into the program and then he toured the nation speaking and he became a model person. And I remember when he passed, you never in a million years would have thought he had a family. He was completely reformed, that there is hope. And that's what I love about your community. You remind me of my cousin, to be honest with you, because when I used to see him, when he used to speak to my mother, because he was older than I, I would always say how she would tell me stories about him. I would be like, who is this person? He, he doesn't look like that because change is possible. There's no question about it. And that's such something to basically impart to our listeners. I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about Mother Alvera um, and set the stage because I think her story is amazing. She was one of seven children from Southern Italy. Her father had a drinking problem. She had a third grade education. When she entered community as a nun, she worked as a cook in the convent. How did that background help shape her? God clearly was preparing her to do this great work. Talk, please talk about it. Yeah. Mother Elvira in her youth, she's the first one to tell us when, when, when we met her in the early days, she was telling her the story. She always said that her father, you know, living in poverty, growing up in poverty, 107, uh, a father that was struggling, so means drinking, so means he was irresponsible, struggling with money, you know, like a life that, and she was, uh, she was like in the middle, you know, the oldest, the oldest kids left, and then she was, you know, left for, you know, like uh, somebody got married, and she was the one that grew up in the family until she was 19 with her mom and dad, and she was the one that trying to keep it together, you know, and then when she, she decided to go to the convent it was like uh, almost you know why you're making that decision we need you we need you but she always said that her father was the first instrument like it taught her a lot even you know living the the, the moment of struggles you know it's not like, like uh, you know you're proud of you see your father that he comes to pick you up in school when he's still drunk you know in a way or send you a night uh, buy me cigarettes you know go do something for me but she always said that, that uh, her life the family that she had was the primary teaching for her teacher for her you know for what she decided to do later on choosing to leave the convent and opening community because that really and she waited for 
for a long time. Think about Madre Elvira entering a convent in 19, and she was already a dynamic person, a person that is really, you know, had a lot of energies, you know, and a lot of inspiration. But in the meantime, she lived like a life in the convent. She was the cook, and then she was the superior in the kindergarten. And then she has desire, the fervent desire to open, to do something for the young people that were, that they were struggling, and she was seeing, you know, in, in the city. But in the meantime, everybody was telling her, you, you don't know, you're not qualified, you don't understand, you didn't study, you're not prepared for that. Uh, so they make her wait and she waited and waited for seven years, you know, and she was obedient until one point there was this fire inside and she found an old house in Saluzzo, North Italy, that knew the, the mayor of the town. There was a band over there, and they finally, on July 16, on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, they gave her the keys, you know, to open the, the, the community. But all this moment, all this struggle over life, she was 46 years old, that when she opened community. She was not like uh, in her 20s, you know. But she waited, and I think all of that was also a preparation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit... Uh, is is pushing you to do it, but sometimes you need to wait. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are just joining us, you're at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, and we are having a great conversation with Albino Aragno, the Italian-born leader of Communita Chinocolo in the United States. Um, and it's a message that really needs to get out there because for a lot of people that are struggling um, in many ways, but primarily with drugs and alcohol, this is a great, great community that's all over the world. One of the things, Albino, I like what you just um, what you just said is uh, we we're you know we're very close and. I know you are too with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. It shows what what God what God's providence, you know, and the trust in God's providence can bring about. Because um, we know the story of the Franciscans up in the Bronx. They bought that building for a dollar. Yeah, shelter. You know, so it reminded me when you were talking about uh, Mother Elvira buying the building from the mayor of the town in in, um, in in Italy. That you know, if you trust in God, then some very very great things can happen. So uh, I think it's important that we 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 emphasize to people how, you know, for, for personal transformation to do very big things. Basically what you said, I found to be very striking. And, and this is what I want to bring out with it to our listeners, how God uses the invisible. She had a third grade education. You know, she, you, the people told her she couldn't do it. That's who God uses. It's about faith. You know, I I think we as a people, you know, the the proverbial we, we focus in on the worldly achievements. While they're important to go to school and to do all these things, the greatness of man is God. And when we focus on God, we become great. Greatness is is God and and we have to allow him in. And that's what she did. And look what she she basically accomplished. I'll be honest with you, Albino. I saw her speak. I don't sadly my family lost the Italian language. Um second generation. My grandfather came from uh, southern Italy as well. Um I heard her speak in Italian. I think you were translating, to be truthful with you, on EWTN. She is a saint. There is no question in my mind. I didn't even know what she was saying. I could tell. She is a holy, holy, holy woman. And people need to know about this woman. But she, God created something from nothing. 
She was a non-educated person. So important to stress. Um, how did you meet her? I met, I met her yeah, 30 years ago, you know, she opened a community. The, the, the community was started in, in this town in Saluzzo. That is uh, 10 minutes away from my own town. You know, where I grew up, Savigliano, Savigliano in the province of Cuneo, that is south of Turin, Piedmont area. And I knew that uh, the community started because it started in 1983 and I ended up entering the community in 1990. But I met her, uh, you know, I heard about her and also a couple of my friends in the early days went into the, this, uh, the community. It was really, the community was just a starting. And then eventually uh, there was one of my cousins that uh, now is a priest of the community and he is the superior of the community now become but he entered to do social service 18 years old after high school in italy you need to do the, the service in those days was like you need to go to the army for a year or you do the objective objector councils for two years you know so i decided to go to the community because it was it was a fascinated from from the the spirituality of the community and also the charisma of mother elvira and he was also the instrument for me to eventually enter in community. And I entered in community in 1990, after 15 years of struggling with drugs. And like I said, I started, I did, I did all the ladder, you know, like I started with uh, marijuana and shish, and then uh, LSD, and then uh, cocaine, and then heroin. And I am really end up like, uh, good. I'm blessed, and I am really fortunate that I didn't die, you know, throughout the years of, of darkness that I lived. So that's pretty much, I was uh, I was like uh, entering in community. I remember when I entered in community, I saw guys that were like me, and I knew them outside. From the outside, we could see, find each other in different places, you know? And I said, it was an, an instant statement that, that I said inside of me, when I saw certain people, they were in community, they were over there kneeling down and praying, and really kind of opened my mind and say, if they can do it, I can do it too. So it gave me the hope, gave me the hope. And then, you know, I struggled for sure in the faith, I struggled, uh, you know, the life of the community, the discipline, you know, like uh, all of a sudden you don't have your freedom. You know, you live in a sense of community, you are not alone anymore. But in the meantime, the good part it is you get somebody with you. The sense of community is also, in the beginning, is a great struggle. But then after more and more, is the sense that you get somebody with you. You know, we live in a world now that is pretty much individual, you know, more and more individual. And the sense of community, I see for the young people that are entering now, that just the fact that you are not alone, you are, you are detached from your own phone, you are detached from the social media, you are detached from everything, but you get always somebody that you can talk, that you can share, that you can discuss, you know, you can, you know, so... And that also helped me a lot in the beginning. And then, you know, I ended up staying in community for five years. I was sent in different places. I ended up opening house in Medjugorje in the early days, where I spent some time over there in, in, in Bosnia. You know, it was an incredible adventure also during the wartime. And then after three years in community, there was the opportunity to come to the United States to open the house. We were invited from a local 
pastor in town from Santa Augustine, and uh, he met the community in Italy. So it became bishop, then it became Bishop Baker of, uh, of uh, Alabama or the Diocese of Birmingham. Now he's retired. But anyway, so he was the instrument to bring us the community in America. And I came in America, honestly, in the early in my life before the community, I didn't like America, the capitalistic part of the United States. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Really, I didn't like it in a way. So I, I travel a lot. I travel a lot in, in many parts of the world, but I never come to the States, you know, because, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, the image that we had. And then I ended up coming to America. Now I'm an American citizen and I love America. I love Italy for sure, but I love America. I love my life and I love whatever I am, you know, in a way. So I learned how to embrace it and to be happy for where you are. And, you know, and so I love this beautiful experience that I have. I love, I love what you said about when you go into the community, you feel like you lose your freedom because you're, 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 you have to detach yourself from certain things. You're not allowed to do whatever you want. In fact, doing whatever you want is what got you in trouble in the first place. You know, uh, there's all of us, no matter, no matter who it is, when we let ourselves go, it's so important that we emphasize Albino and I'm glad you said it. You're not losing your freedom. You're being liberated from slavery. It requires some sacrifice. It requires maybe some pain and suffering. It requires a period where you're going to feel attached to these things and you're drawn to these things. But at the end of the day, the goal is liberation. Right. You're being liberated. All right. That's what Jesus did. He came to liberate us from sin. Your community is helping people to be liberated from these addictions. Like you said, it doesn't have to be drugs. It could be the television. It could be cable TV. It could be the phone. Talk a little bit. We have about five minutes or so, four or five minutes before the break. Talk about the structure. Talk about like like the different things in the community, the structure that you provide for these people who need help, that structure that's ultimately going to help in that liberation. Yeah. The structure, the, the community life is pretty much simple. It's not like a mother Villa, like I said, mother Villa didn't study also the structure of the community. The structure of the community can happen, ora et labora. So you wake up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, you wake up at six o'clock in the morning, so wake up early. First things you do, you go in the chapel, you say the rosary, first rosary of the day, joyful mystery. And then a moment of sharing or regarding the reading of the day. And then you finish at 7.30, 6, 6.15, 7.15, 7.30, you go, you change clothes, and then you go to eat breakfast. Eight o'clock, you go to work. Work, any work we do in community, cooking, cleaning, constructions, woodwork, welding, garden, landscaping, you know, pretty much on site, you know, and you get to learn, to learn how to get your hands dirty. And also, it's not like a pick and choose. No, you will be assigned. You like it or you don't like it, you gotta do it anyway. So it's not like we are, you know, and also you're not working by yourself. You got two people, two, two by two, you're not alone. So especially in the beginning, you are the new person that you just came in community. You got somebody with you, the guardian angel, the person that has spent time with you, guide you to the, to the rules of the community, help you to, to this new work. 12 o'clock, there is a break. 12 o'clock, we have lunch. And then, you know, there is a moment of recreation after lunch. At 1.30, you say the second rosary of the day, the soulful mystery, walking. You know, they walk around the property. So it's also, you know, shaking off lunch, you know. And you walk, and then, then you go back to work until 5.30. So we work eight hours a day. 
And there's not like uh, nobody's dying over their work, you know, but they work. It's important to get your hands dirty, the discipline, learning something, also learning a trade, learning, you know, in the beginning, maybe you do something that you never done before. And then little by little, you get good of it. We built houses. We've done all kinds of beautiful work. And we are very proud of the quality of work that is being done in community. Mother Rivera taught us to do the stuff well, not just to do a sloppy job. That is not right. That is, if you do a sloppy job, you already do it. You're learning how to do it well. That's a dignity also work. That work is also a gift. We are just an interpretation of work here is just money, money, money. But in community, you don't work for money. But you work and you learn. You learn and you need to learn how to do the stuff well. You know, we just finished, like I said, we just finished a beautiful house to host 50 people we're going to be able to have it to expand you know but a beautiful quality of work not in a luxury way we are not luxurious but we have a great dignity and we are very proud of what we try to do but anyway if i 30 you quit showers cleaned up third rosary of the day reading the gospel you know and sharing or sharing your day what is going on inside reaction that you have had somebody correct you react to i got mad i got angry you know so learning how to 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 communicate learning how to share your own feelings not just uh, you know before you know we were using or we were doing, so we are completely out of our mind in many cases now you're completely clean you are the new man you are the new person so you need to learn also how to deal with this new person and in many cases you don't even know because before it was just always affected from something. Now the new person is completely clean. Is is you who, who you are, and so learning how to deal with that, learning how to love your own self for who you are with your own defect or whatever. Each person has got his own character. So learning, sharing, and then if you're a priest, sometimes we have mass, maybe three, four times a week. You know, we have mass. It could be in the morning or it could be in the evening, at the end of the day or a couple of times a week, two or three times a week, they play sport, exercise, running, you know, so in shape, soccer, we like play soccer, we're Italian, we love soccer. <laughs> Albino, let's, let's, take a, let's take a quick break right there, all right? And then we're going to come back. We'll pick it up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Resinello. We're having a great conversation with Albino Aragno, the Italian-born leader of Comunità Cinocolo in the United States, helping people to transform their lives. We're on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area stick around we'll talk to you on the other side of the break catholic radio works and now we have it here in connecticut and new york it's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization where there's catholic radio the folks who listen deepen their faith families are strengthened parishes and communities flourish so let people know you're listening to veritas Tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello, and we are way in the breach with Albino Aragno, the Italian-born leader of Comunità Cinocolo in the United States, and we are talking about helping people to transform their lives. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Racinello. I mean, you talked about prayer. You, you prayed three rosaries during the day. Obviously, it's something that's very important to uh, the community as well as Mother Alvera. Um, why is that important? Well, you know, Mother Vera is very devoted to the to the Blessed Mother. 
the community is entrusted to the Blessed Mother. So the rosary, we feel that is a, is a, is an important prayer, and we and we and we do it three times a day, and keep also give the rhythm of life. For sure, when you leave the community outside, it's not like the guys, maybe they say the rosary three times a day. But even if they say once a day, you know, as you you can do it everywhere. You don't need to go to, to the church to say the rosary. You can walk. You can say it in the car. You can, uh, you know, so it's something that you can carry with you. It's very important for us. That's a rosary. But also on top of that, also we have a moment of adoration too. You have, you have a personal adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament. That's also where the healing is coming. You go in front of the sun, you know, I, you see me with the sun of Florida, you know, I change <laughs> it because we live in Florida, but the sun of the blessed sacrament, you can, you can have it in New York city. Also now they probably snow, you know, it's a bad weather, you know, so <laughs> winter, you know, so that's, that's also where the moment that, that is a da- your downtime. And even if the, we always say the guys, we, we are not like a, in community, you become a theologian or you become a, like an expert of the Bible. That is not us. You know, we are not like entering a Bible study, learning and study. So sometimes we do that. We just have a guy that become Catholic during Easter time. So he, he had received the sacraments. So for sure he was prepared for that. He was not, he didn't, he was not even baptized, but he made the choice to do that. So he had this journey when priests prepare him or but in the meantime, the community also, if you go, you pray for even the moment of struggles, you go to pray. So that is the, that's where the, the healing comes, you know, the moment, the moment of down, down in front of, of Jesus is like, a, you know, so it's also a lot of healing for our guys and girls that are very, very wounded. You know, and the pain that they had before, you know, they were not able to deal with that. They cannot handle, you know, the, 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 the pain or situation. Each one has got his own story. And in community, that is where the healing is coming. You know, the rosary, the, the, the prayer, the, and also the, what is another part, part very important to the community life that is also the perseverance and always the same thing, you know, kind of, okay, you wake up, you pray. You, so the, the kind of life in order. We used to have a life in disorder completely. Instead, in community is in order, the timing. Boom, every day, boom, there is always the schedule and you know that you need to follow that. It's very important because it gives also the dimension of, of life in order. You know, so that is, that's why we feel that, uh, you know, with God, first of all, everything is possible. And that also gives also for something to grasp because uh, we need to have something. You know, in our own, you know, I can tell you, my guys that came in community, many of them, they've been in so many programs, in so many days, the family spent so much, they send it in different places, you know, but they went to counseling, they went to the psychologist, they fix the problem. In community, there is none of it. Very, very simple life, the school of life. Prayers is the most important, but also, you know, the discipline of work, you know, and so you see them, the, the one point, I just had one guy that just entered two weeks ago. He came, many, so much communication. So I, I was away for a week, I went to Alabama. And then I came back, I saw him yesterday. He came, he was so pale, you know, coming, uh, you know, who knows, life was, was in different places, whatever. But I saw him a week later, 10 days later, that he just entered 
And you know, he had color in his face. It, just, it didn't do anything extraordinary. He was speaking weeds in the garden. Eh? It's not like he had an incredible job. But I saw him yesterday, he was smiling. When he came, he was so sad, so unhappy. Just 10 days later, he was already smiling. Doing what? It's not like we did an incredible therapy for him. We didn't do anything special, but just the community and just the sense of community, just the sense of peace, just the sense of fraternity. You know, it's just really I was impressed yesterday when I saw him. You know, this and so that's that's the beauty of what I see every day. Albino, you mentioned you know sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament. We we uh, we're friends with a Carmelite priest. His name is uh, Father Justin Sinante, another Italian. I think there's a trend here going on, but uh, that's that's an aside. I think. But uh, Father Justin told us that basically um, adoration is radiation. You mentioned that. That's why I thought about it. It's like cancer. When we sit before Christ, it shrinks the cancer, and the cancer is the self, and it heals us. In doing research for this interview, I basically came across uh, a clip of a, of a man who was in your community, and this is what he said. He said, my prayer life began with an argument with God. I sat before the tabernacle, and I started to scream at God. I think that's a great prayer. That might sound strange to people. Yeah, exactly. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because also, you know, there is also, you know, there is, think about what people went through, probably this young man, who knows what's happening in his own life. And the, the, the fact that he was able to get him out, you know, the fact that he was able to scream to God, and maybe the scream to God was also asking for help. You know, it was not like just uh, blaming God or whatever. It was just maybe the, the fact that the mo- who knows what's happening during the day that he had this moment that maybe you end up sending him in the chapel where cool off, calm down, relax a moment. Because, you know, it's not like uh, everything is always uh, beautiful roses in community. Yeah? We are not getting the best of the society. Yeah? So it's not like uh, everything is, gonna, is great all the time. No, but the good part that with the fact that he was able to go to the chapel and release everything that he has inside and screaming to God. So maybe it was, the, was his moment of liberation. And probably it was the moment that he made a change. It was the moment that he, boom, he make a, he make a switch. And so he, put, he opened up, you know, and he said, okay, I'm here, I'm here. I want to try. I want to, I want to, I want to embrace it. I want to understand. And so that's also a moment for him to, to really, that, that got him a good start. You know, I heard you say in an interview, you said this because you mentioned it briefly uh, on the other side of the break. You said the community is not a rehab. It's a school of life, that there is emptiness inside of us and that emptiness must be filled. I think a lot of people, particularly now in the culture, these young kids, they're wounded. Families are falling apart. They're hurt. So they fill that emptiness with drugs. I mean, that's I think, you know, you hear people talk about solutions, solutions. Basically, what your community is doing is you're filling the hole in their heart with Christ right. and, it, and they become fulfilled. Talk about that, because this is a need for all souls, not just people who have alcohol and drug issues. We all have an emptiness and only Christ can fill it. You're in St. Augustine, the saint. Augustine said that, didn't he? He said, you know, uh, what's it called? Basically, My heart is restless. Until Lord, it rests in thee. thee. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> because, you know, that's that's the beauty of the school of life. The school of life, you know, in, in a way, Madame Villa is not like a, she invented the wheel. 
you know it's not like the community life is nothing out of extraordinary that we study it was like a panel of people try to figure out you know that the simplicity of the community the simple life the the rhythm of the community work uh, eating right and all this stuff so that's the life that we we, we kind of established to the young people but also you know the prayer time the the bringing God in our life, because like I said, I was empty too. When I came in community, you know, many years ago, I was completely drained. Everything was out for me. You know, there was life and this, these young people, they are completely empty because like you said, they fulfill their life with drugs, alcohol, pills, music, uh, videos, movie, YouTube, you know, there is constant something. And then you arrive in community, boom, you unplug all of it. You remove everything and you say, wow, I am completely, so what am I don't even know who I am. You know, many of these young people, they don't even know what they are, you know, especially or they are still withdrawing or they are still sick, mentally, who knows, anxious, depressed, uh, uh, you name it. You know, they got all the label that you can find, you know, but in the meantime, so they don't even know who they are what they are what they're doing who they are and you know do you see that that in community that the simplicity of that the rhythm of the community the prayer that you have little by little you see them fulfilled fulfilled with their hands dirty fulfilled to see a plant that is growing in the garden and that you kind of you work the land and then you see it and then you go pick up the fruit you know fulfill of a of a, of a pizza night on saturday on thursday night or saturday night we make our own pizza on a brick oven you know so stuff like that that before you didn't give any consideration you know fulfill of celebrating a birthday in community what is it? you sing a song you know they're gonna make you a cake you know so simple no big presence no fulfill of simplicity and also you see them happy happy for who they are and you know all of it is like under the umbrella of a god community you're listening to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello were way in the breach with Albino Aragno, the Italian-born leader of Comunita Chinocolo in the United States on the Veritas Catholic Network 1350 on your AM dial. When you talk about order, Albino, and bringing order back into people's lives, uh, obviously you're implying that their lives were disordered or chaotic in some way. But then that's going to require challenging that person, making a demand on that person, because I think you alluded to the idea that in their life up to that point, they've not been challenged and nothing's been demanded of them. But Mother Alvira would say that, well, if you don't ask, you know, they're not going to respond. You have to ask and they respond. Talk about that. Talk about the need that order and structure is not something to be uh, eschewed in this in, in our culture. We should embrace order and structure, right? Absolutely. Talk, talk about the, how these people who, who people might think, oh, they're not going to respond. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to this. No, if you ask them, they will. That's what Mother Alvira said. Could you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. We see that the community is asking a lot. So the community is not like a, it's not like a mediocrity. In community, you want to do the best. But not because we are the best of all. But it's important for you that for your own dignity and you are challenged. 
You know, we saw in moment that there is a, the great rush to do something, you know, you push at them, you know, and they respond. Young people in this, in this time and country that we are living, sometimes they are not challenged. They are just let them, you know, you do what you want, whatever you feel, that's your choice, that's your choice, that's it. In community, there is no what you feel and what you choose, what you like, that is your choice and this and that. In community, you are, okay, you're going to do this. If you do it, you need to do it. You like it or you don't like it, you got to do it. It's the discipline that we need. And also the addicts, they need more. Even because addict is a selfish person. Addict is like a person that did whatever he wants, when he wants it, how he wants it. He didn't care. Also, nobody cares. It's not like a caring for the others. Instead, in community, you are taught to, okay, wake up. You got to do it. I don't want to wake up this morning. No, you're going to wake up. <laughs> and then, so that is not like, a, oh, this morning, I don't feel good. I got this. I got that. No, no, you're going to wake up, man, unless you are really sick. And second one, I don't like this. I don't like is a word that doesn't exist in community. I don't like it. No, you don't like it. You like it or you don't like it. You're going to do it anyway. Well, not because we are mean, but also it's the preparation for life. Eh? Everything we try to do in community is just preparing a person to live a life outside. How many times we're going to face situations that we like it or we don't like it, we got to face it, you know? So it's not like it just because they don't like it, they're going to walk away. And second one, also you need to behave. It's not like a, oh, disrespectful or cussing out or whatever. No, no, in community is not tolerant. And there are consequences. You do certain things, you don't are consequence like in life also you know like when we were growing up with our own parents if we were doing something wrong there was consequence which is very important you know so we really feel that uh, it's important all of it but also it's important to challenge you know and we challenge them challenging good with love also not only is just like the discipline but also the love and patience and caring you, you know, know? I, I want to focus on that because when I read that, she says, if you ask, they will respond. The way I see it is a story that Father Glenn Sudano, who's friends with your community, we yes. know him. He's actually my wife's spiritual director. I know Father Glenn very well. He said something one time that always resonated with me. When he was in the Bronx, an Irish girl came to the door and she was a drug addict right. and he would help her. And when he would look at her, because he assumed she was Catholic because she was Irish, mm-hmm. he would see her like she was at her first Holy Communion. But something happened in between then and there. And now she's a drug addict. And I believe, and I'm obviously not in her heart, Mother Elvira sees the person for who they are. That's how Christ sees yeah. us. And that's why she says, if you ask, they'll respond because she sees their heart. And that's how God sees us. And that's kind of what I'm getting from what you guys, you see, because the world sees these people and they want to throw them away. They're good for nothing. Exactly. They're good for nothing. Right. You said it. But but they're not. Absolutely. There There is so much potential. We see in what we are able to do. But in small things or in the big things, like I told you, we build a huge house, but with our guys, people, they could not even believe it. You guys did that, you know, in a way, not like we are the best, but just because we try to figure it out. 
And we work hard, you know, and we really put ourselves into that. Sometimes we are doing plays, we are doing uh, music, you know, but because that is the best of every individual. At one point, I am blessed because in community, I see the best of every individual that come to community because it's like a clean, there is no depression of the world. There is no the money pressure or the school or get a finish. Get a, so there is the, the, the pressure of the community, which is a, a God pressure in a way. So it's like a, the pressure that, uh, you know, you, you're changing your life. But I see the best of every individual surface. You know, in the beginning, I see also the words when they come in. You know, at one point, you see the best of every individual. And there is an incredible potential. That's why Mother Vera believes. Mother Avera, excuse me, she believed in me. When she sent me to America, it gave me an incredible amount of responsibility. And on my resume, <laughs> you, were, you were just scratching and say, forget about it. Right? Go, you know, there is, you're good for nothing. Like you said, you know, you're, you know, there is no like, uh, how can we trust in you? You know, instead we trust. And one, our houses are like a manager from the people that come in community. It's not like we have a director that comes in and uh, from the outside and supervise everything. So Mother Vera believes in us. And, and also that's why we respect her so much. We respect the community because the community give us, again, the trust, give us, uh, you know, believed in us that, oh, we are able to, and also build also self-confidence, build confidence in each one of us because we didn't have any. You know, you um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Providence, because that's what you were just uh, alluding to, Albino. So you guys don't go to the store, from what I understand. So that, that's talk about radical. <laughs> Everybody goes to the store. If you what, you don't shop on Amazon, Albino, for the community. So you guys don't even go to the store. You're relying so much. Um, yes, on the community, but ultimately what you're relying on is God's providence. Now, we're here at the front line with Joe and Joe trying to get these messages out to people. It just doesn't apply to your community. It applies to us as individuals, this idea that we need to have radical trust, albeit it's very difficult, but to have that radical trust in God. You guys are doing it to the point where you don't even go to the store. Talk to us about that. It's like, but in the early days, since the beginning, she believed that uh, she made like a, like a deal with God and say, I do my part, but you need to do your part with us. Like with the divine providence, I trust in you completely and I entrust the community to you. I don't want to receive any, any money from the government that in the early days they could give money just because we were trying to help the, the drug addict. Probably every state will do something, you know, be very tied to people to try to help people from the society, you know, that are, uh, the, are the marginalized of the society, you know, in a way. But she said that, and I think it's not only just trusting that God provides, but also is a great teaching for the faith for our young people that are in community because they see it with their own their own eyes. They see it that what we eat every day, we are not going to buy to public. So we are going to the store or Walmart and buying food, but food is coming. And we are not calling people say, bring me this, bring me that. We are not calling anybody. People bring and we use what we have and we stay without what we don't have. 
And also the community, not only with food, but we live with donations. We are not charging the families because the family probably they already being strained. You know, think about how many, how much money they already spent for trying to fix the problem, and maybe they didn't fix it. You know, but they really didn't want it for the family to pay for anything. You know, we trust in God, and people come, and they, the family do whatever they can. We live with donations. We receive people they don't even know the community. They send donation, so we like an incredible work of God and also it's so good for the young people that are in community that's because such a beautiful that's such a beautiful Alvino, I, I gotta be honest because I I'm, I'm pretty good with people people who are listening to our voice it's in a wealthy area of New York City they're saying they're crazy they're lying no he's not and I'm gonna tell you this I've experienced that to a degree as well in my life our journey to God is a school of life. We have to trust them. You see, people who are saying that basically haven't gotten out of the boat. When you trust God, he provides for you. And I'll put a practical example. Married people who don't contracept, they're open to life. Their children are provided for. It's like when you put your neck on the line for God, he always responds and he's more generous than you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are not lying. And I see that, that I am 30. I've been around the community for 30 years, you know, and every and we pay everybody. We are not overdoing anything, but we don't limit anything. Uh, the, the houses has been the work also we need to provide work for the people it's not like we just keep them over there doing nothing you know it's important also to buy supplies or you know to to have a project to keep them going you know because that's also generates life in community has to be you know it's not like just to stay over there and waiting for the manna you know waiting okay somebody's gonna bring us food today no that's why you wake up early so the, the divine providence is becoming not only just waiting but you are, you are the first instrument of providence we are i am the first instrument of providence the guys that are in community and then in the meantime people bring stuff and you know and also sometimes we don't have much is also very good we live in a country that we are very spoiled we need this we need that sometimes you need that you stay without <laughs> and nobody's dying you know if you need to drink the sugar without the coffee without sugar okay <laughs> we don't have any sugar you stay without you know what i like what you said albino is that um you know you mentioned that um this idea of Mother Alvira did not reinvent the wheel. And for our audience, it's important to know that this goes back centuries. This structure, this, this, you, it's, it's kind of a quasi monasticism. You know what I mean? Like, like, because work is central. Obviously what's, what's ultimately central is faith in God and trust in his providence, but work and structure and order, quite frankly, that's how St. Benedict civilized Europe. You know, because it was the, it was the monasteries and what did they do? Exactly like you said, Mother, Mother Alvira did not reinvent the wheel. There were examples in history of how societies and communities can build up and become civilized and, re, and have order and worship God. Um, and, you know, in history, we should remember that, that this is something that's been going on for the church for a very long time. 
that is coming from our time in the convent, you know, the simplicity of life, the morning prayers. Also, you know, I forget sometimes we do the morning prayers or the evening prayers. And also she's not like impose immediately when she opened the community. Okay, you're going to pray. She was doing that with another sister. And then little by little, the guys join in. It's not like she told them, you need to pray with me. No, they, they say, oh, what are you doing? We want to come too. They saw they were in a little chapel. And that, that's how everything started. Like I said, she didn't have the book written, okay, oh, that's what we're going to do, this, 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 this. Everything happened. And she said also, most of all, she always said many times that everything she told us to do, she learned from us. She learned from on the field. She didn't learn it on the books. She mm. learned it on the field. Albino, so we, have we have time for one more question. I'm going to hear, we have about, Probably have about four and a half, five minutes left. Uh, so I'm going to hand it over to Joe uh, for one final question. I, I just want to say this, and then and then I'll, I want to go in an, another direction. I mean, you're talking about renewal. People are renewed through this community, and they're renewed through seeing holiness. This is how the world gets renewed. It's seeing something. You mentioned people see her pray. They want to pray. When we become Christ-like through prayer, through sacrifice, through penance, people are drawn to this. This is the trend that I'm getting. And this is what I think will renew the world. That's what I get from this conversation. But I want to focus on uh, what she said regarding Providence. She said, all mouths are sisters. What does that imply? That implies, obviously, we take care of each other. We're all brothers and sisters. We must share. Sharing. When we see God, we see God in people and we share. Talk about that statement, because I think that also like falls upon people who are outside the community. We have to share. God tells us to. Absolutely. Uh, Mother Vera, think about that. That statement came, uh, the mom told us when she was a young girl, eh? so that uh, they were they were having little cherries and sharing with the other friends, because all mouth are sisters, you know, means even if you don't have much, she was growing up in poverty, you know, she was very poor, you know, as a family, but even the little bit that they had, they were sharing with the others. And also, that's also the beauty of the community, sharing with the others, you know, so learning it also when the guys come in community, what they have, you know, that's what we have, we share it with everyone, you know, it's not like a mine is mine, my mind, selfish, me, 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 no learning how to give it to the others, you know, so that is the beauty of the community, because God gave you first, and then what you get, you give it. And so that's learner is a, is a great teaching also for the. She told us in the early days, but just but just also for us that even sometimes we have even more. We give it to other organizations. It's not like we keep everything for us or we make sure that we are okay because we trust in God. If you trust in God, God gives you hundredfold. So just um. In about a couple minutes, you know what I'm interested in? What does Chinacolo mean? Chinacolo is the room where the the Holy Spirit descended on Mary and the apostles. So the hopper room, the cenacle, we call it Chinacolo. Comunità Chinacolo was a priest that told Mother Vira. In the beginning, it was just comunità, community, you know, in Italian. And then it is suggested, why you don't call it Cenacolo? So Cenacolo is the site, the upper room, the site where the where the, the, the Holy Spirit is in the upper room. So that is the name of Cenacolo. 
Excellent. Um, Albino, there's a book out. It's called Embracing of God's Mercy, Mother Alvira and the Story of Community Chinaclo. Great book. We recommend Albino showing it uh, right now to us um, yeah. on video. You can Great. order You can order it in, from our website, that is hopereborn.org. And then uh, you can order on Amazon. You can find it uh, from Sophia Press. It's a great book. It tells the story of Mother Elvira, her own story and the story of Mother And embrace the, in God's mercy. Also, we need to learn how to embrace our life for who we are. And how, could, and how could people find you if they have uh, sons or daughters who have addictions? Uh, how could they reach out to you? In the is, and also, a, Albino, to let people know where they can contribute. If they choose to contribute, where they can contribute? They can do it through our website, hopereborn.org. We can do, receive donation online through through the, the PayPal. We have also little, uh, lately with the, with the coronavirus, we did like a little market on, online from art and craft that the girls are making stuff and we are selling it online to the benefit of our mission in South America and Africa. And so anybody want to get information, they can do it through the website, hopereborn.org. And that's a, that's a great place to end it. Albino Aragno, the Italian-born leader of Communita Chinocolo in the United States for, for individuals out there or their parents, anyone who's struggling, particularly with, with addictions, drug and drugs and alcohol, hopereborn.org, Albino? Yes. All right. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much, Albino, for what you're doing. And thank you for coming on the front line with Joe and Joe. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for what you're trying to do over there in New York. And we keep going. That's we it. And we need to, you know, don't give up in anything. We keep going. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And thank you, dear. You're welcome. And thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, bringing the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York metropolitan area at 1350 on your AM dial. For all Veritas content, please be down. Uh, please be sure to download our Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And you can find Joe and I on Facebook and YouTube, of course, until they shut us down. You can like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.